Welcome to our podcast, Autoimmune and You. I'm one of your hosts, Erica. And I'm your other host, Rachel. We're just two women with rheumatoid arthritis who are sharing our personal experiences managing this disease holistically. And we are both wellness coaches, so we are super passionate about empowering you to live your happiest and healthiest life. Welcome back to Autoimmune and You. We are going to continue our conversation from last time because there's so many other aspects of how we've evolved since um, Erica and my diagnosis that we really wanted to dive a little bit deeper, especially on the mindset side of things, the like relationships with other people side of things, and just kind of not necessarily pick up where we left off, but kind of veer in a different direction with those habits and routines. Mm-hmm. I think in the last episode, I talked about kind of not just like the habits in like the behaviors that you do in your life, but like the habits of the way that you think. And it got me kind of thinking like after we recorded that of literally how much I have changed since my diagnosis. Like I look back on that person that I was six years ago and I'm like, how did I function mm-hmm. like that? I mean, it's really crazy. Like one of the things that I, you know, really, really prided myself on back in the day was that I was like a workaholic and a perfectionist. And I like would joke that I like need to be in control of everything and just like super hypercritical of myself. And now I'm like, I am not that. But like my brain sometimes like, you know, because I was that for so long that I feel like you know, that's it, it. I feel like it's in there, like deep, 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 deep. <laughs> like, especially when it comes to like um, control, I feel like that's one thing that is still like kind of deeply in me that peeks its head out here and there, especially like when I'm cleaning the house with my husband or like doing the dishes. I'm very like, you gotta do it this way, you know? <laughs> and I catch myself and I'm like, wait a second, like that doesn't really align with like how I choose to live my life anymore. Um, But I think it's interesting that when you go on this health journey and you become a more conscious person and you are more intentional with everything that you do, like you reinvent yourself without having to really think about, I'm going to reinvent myself. Yeah. You don't sit there and think like, how do I want to be? It just kind of happens along with the whole mindset journey and like aligning your lifestyle and your even as far as like your food choices and stuff, it all starts to kind of like shift. I'm picturing like, I don't know, a bunch of like puzzle pieces almost like floating in the air and they just kind of like start shifting into place and and one starts adding to another and then another one adds in and it starts to create this like beautiful Mm -hmm. picture of this new identity that you've created for yourself without even realizing it. Yeah. And people think your personality is set in stone for the rest of your life right? Like that is something that I believed in before my diagnosis that like, this is just my personality. Like I'm just an anxious person. Like I'm just introverted. I'm just this. And I like really identified with those things. And therefore I would perpetuate behaviors to kind of solidify this personality that I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, no, like after like learning, you know, all this stuff from Dr. Joe Dispenza and taking this course, we, the way we think the way we feel and the way we act creates our personality, Mm -hmm. right? So you can choose to think different thoughts. You can feel, choose to feel different ways Mm -hmm. and you can choose to do different actions. 
And that's the thing that Rachel and I have done through our health journey is that we did change the way that we thought, we changed the way that we felt, and we changed the actions that we were doing in our life. And that has to do with this previous episode of talking about routines and creating new habits because we literally created this new personality that is based off of like health, right? Mm -hmm. Versus before, like we weren't living our life and aligning our actions and the way we felt and the way we thought to be a healthy person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so here I am now, I look at myself and it's so subtle. The process is so subtle that I only catch myself when I'm actually talking to a client that actually has a lot of those old tendencies that I used to have, which is the perfectionism, the control, being hypercritical of myself uh, and hypercritical of others too, right? Um, That I can see that I'm not that person anymore. Like when I'm trying to explain to them, like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be this your whole life Mm -hmm. and you can reinvent yourself and you can become whatever you want. It is. You don't think it's possible because you're so attached to this Mm -hmm. and that's all you know, right? Because you're in your own mind all the time. You're identifying with the way that you feel and the way that you think. And therefore, like you can't see outside of that, you know, unless you start to develop more self-awareness, which we will talk about that, but that's absolutely key to this whole process is self-awareness of like, hey, I actually don't like the way I think. Hey, I actually don't like the way that I feel on most days. Like I'm talking about emotionally or I don't like when I act on those things when I think and feel that way, you know? Yeah, like like you look back and you go, why did I do that? Or Mm -hmm. why did I react that way? Like you don't have to. And that self-awareness is literally the first step. You have to be aware that you're doing it before you can change it, right? It's not like you can be like, I want to be a better person, but I don't really know what it is that needs to change to be a better person in your own eyes. And being a better person means something different for every single person. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the things that you feel like you did that were pushing you into this newer version of yourself? Um, so first of all, I dove really deep, like right after I was diagnosed, I was already starting to kind of like listen to podcasts here and there, um, probably from like the very beginning of 2017, but then I was diagnosed late January, early February. And I started diving really deep into other podcasts and books and journaling and meditating and honestly, all of it. Like I just dove deep into all of it because I couldn't do anything else. Like I could barely move. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in bed. I was elevating my legs like all the time. I was icing my knees all the time. Like I couldn't do much else. And so I was like, well, let me at least be productive because you reach a certain point when you're on bed rest where you can't watch more Netflix. You're just like, I'm sick of this. Like I'm so over it. And so I just started diving in more into Mm -hmm. other things and journaling about like, what are things that I, this is like something actually that I've found recently. It's one of those things that I just did intuitively, but that I realized that clients need to hear to do. So maybe this will help someone out there is journaling about what you miss about that you can't do right now. So like when I was on bed rest, I was like, okay, what do I miss on like quote unquote outside world that I can't do right now? And the things that kept coming Mm -hmm. up for me were like, working out and being in nature and being with friends. And like, that could be again, different for everyone. And so those are a lot of the things that kept coming up. And I was like, okay, what are the things that like make me happy? And what are the things that bring me joy? And what, um, what places do I like to go? And I really just journaled about all the things that make me me. And I actually like created a whole self-discovery course 
based on what that process for myself. And, um, now I look back and I, I probably still do have that journal somewhere. Cause I'd be really curious to see what it says, but I do know that the things that kept coming up were nature and working out like, mm-hmm. I, and like fitness, just like feeling strong and healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's how I kind of like dove into wellness coaching and, um, eventually getting my personal trainer certification because, and like working at orange theory for a couple months after I was first diagnosed, like I really wanted to just like change the trajectory of my entire life, which is crazy. Like I get this diagnosis, I'm sitting there journaling and meditating and doing all the things. And then I have this aha moment of like, I don't want to be doing the things that I'm doing right now for the rest of my life. That does not feel aligned. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of the catalyst for me, like making these changes in my life. And also, like I said, listening to these podcasts and interviews of how all these people change their life. They have the exact same thing where they're just like, I don't really know what I want to do, but I know I need to do something Mm -hmm. different. And one person that sticks out in my mind more than anyone that I listened to her podcast constantly was Sahara Rose. Um, she has a podcast called highest self podcast. And I listened to her like the first two years straight of my diagnosis. Like I really, really listened to probably every single episode she released during that time, because everything that she was talking about just really, really resonated with where I was at. And it wasn't like, it wasn't necessarily from a a health standpoint. It was more so just like knowing that my life needed to change and then figuring out what that looks like or how to navigate that. And I'm a firm believer that like the more that you kind of like let go and let things just kind of like flow, the more they're going to align in the right way. And that's also going to help your health because it's going to trickle down. It's all a ripple effect and it's all connected is the biggest thing. And that's why Erica has her business. That's why I have my business because too many people don't realize that what happens in your mind directly affects your body. What happens in your body directly affects your soul. What happens in your soul directly affects all of it. Like it's all interconnected. And I think the sooner that you realize that the sooner you can dive into practices that personally resonate with you and the sooner you can change your, the trajectory of your entire life. Yep. And I kind of want to like piggyback off of that because I was, uh, had some notes. I have this like whole journal thing that I write a bunch of stuff that I've just like learned through like reading through books or if I'm listening to a podcast or something, I just like write things down. But this is actually from Dr. Joe Dispenza's uh, formula course that I took. And he's talking about, because he does all the research on spontaneous remission, right? Mm -hmm. Like people that go into remission, like how come they're so lucky? We look at these people, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the things that I did when I first got diagnosed was look at people who had major transformation with their health and made myself feel that that could be me one day. Mm -hmm. Like that was the most pivotal thing of this whole process was like believing that I could be a success story, right? And And like searching for proof, like our brain is always wanting proof that things are true. And the more proof that we give it, even in just like proving to yourself, like, oh, I did this thing and I feel better the next day. Like that is proof too, but also searching for proof in other people is always gonna give you that. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. Uh, yeah. So I found in the beginning, I found Dr. Terry or sorry, Dr. Terry walls, I think, or I forget her first name, but Dr. Walls, this has been a long time ago. Uh, the walls protocol. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's basically, uh, this lady, this doctor, she had MS and then she 
cured herself, I guess, through like a paleo diet with like eating like tons and tons of like vegetables and leafy greens and all this stuff. And this was, you know, before I was obviously plant-based, but I saw this person and I'm like, if she had MS and she cured herself through diet, like why couldn't I do this for myself, Mm -hmm. right? And then I found Clint Patterson shortly after that who, you know, cured his RA, I guess, with uh, a plant-based diet. And like, although, you know, I, I'm still a little bit skeptical on all levels just because the word cure, I feel like is triggering for a lot of people. And they very much like promote like the cure mindset of like, if you just do this thing, you're going to be cured. Um, so at that time though, like I was starting with like fresh eyes, right? I was just like, yeah, I believe I'm going to be cured if I just do these things. So anyways, the point is, is that when you find someone that inspires you that has been through it, you can start to believe like, hey, I could do this for myself, right? And so anyways, what I wrote in this journal from that course was the four reasons why people are successful with their health um, when they get diagnosed with some, you know, chronic condition. So basically, the first thing is that you have to believe, like I just said, right? Like you have to believe that there is an innate intelligence within you that has the ability to restore itself, to bring balance back. I talk about this all the time about that's what the immune system is trying to do, like with an autoimmune disease is that it's knocked out of balance. Like we're in hyperdrive, right? So like, how do we get our body to be, have a more balanced uh, immune response? And then the second thing is you have to take responsibility for your own health, right? Mm -hmm. Which means taking responsibility for how you think, how you feel, how you behave. And that has to do with, like I was saying about your personality, is that before you become conscious of it, you just think, this is my personality, this is how I think, this is how I do, this is how I feel, and you accept that. And you don't ever challenge that, right? But when you get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, like you have to take responsibility for your health now. Like you don't have an option. Like you, I guess you technically could, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't end up on, you know, a brighter side of the situation. You know, you would probably succumb to the disease and it'd probably uh, get, you know, worse and you would start feeding more into that. But basically uh, taking responsibility for your health and going, no, like I don't accept this, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. what I did for myself too. So not only did I believe that it was possible to become a success story, I took responsibility for my health. Mm -hmm. And how did we take responsibility, both of us, is by creating these routines, doing, you know, creating new habits for ourselves and stepping into this new person that we wanted to be. Like we didn't say like, oh, I'm just gonna like, wait to feel this way once I get healthy. No, we felt, we truly believed we were getting healthy and we were feeling gratitude for the changes that we already make, make yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. And the, sorry, the, let me just go, there's two more things. And then the next one is that you decide that you want to reinvent yourself, that who do you wanna be, right? Like, so I visualize myself as, this fit person who was like making good decisions day in and day out that was calm and peaceful and relaxed and not uptight and not anxious and not depressed. I visualize that for myself and through like repetition and mental rehearsal, I started to feel like inside of me like that was possible. You know, I didn't know how exactly that was gonna look, like I said, cause your transformation is so subtle. 
but I knew I was going to be a transformed person at, at the end of this. Right. And then the last thing is, so he talks about like through meditation, right? Disconnecting from your environment, from your body, from time and coming into the present moment and allowing meditation to kind of like rewire your brain and create a new level of mind. So I thought that was really interesting because without me having this information before I found him, I was already doing those things. Like Rachel said, like we didn't know how to talk about all these things and we weren't automatically helping people in the community, but we were trying to just improve ourselves on every single level. And this is the result, you know, like it was, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like you don't get it until you just do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I tell my clients, there's three different stages, the thinking stage, the doing stage and the being stage. Right. So a lot of people, when you first get diagnosed, you're just in the thinking stage. Like, how do I do this? Uh, You're learning new information. You're filling your mind with positive things. And then sometimes you'll do things right. Like you'll go to you'll do your meditation. You'll go to yoga. You'll, you know, make a healthy meal once or twice, you know, a week or whatever. And then there's a phase, which is what we're in now is the being Mm -hmm. like, we're not, it's, it's effortless now. Like we said, we've created these new habits based off of the routines and just totally, you know, kind of reinventing ourselves without really understanding how that was going to play out. That's something that really, to me, proves just how much work I've done is anytime that someone is dealing with something and I almost get like, they'll ask me a question of how do you navigate this like mindset wise? Like yeah. come up with a scenario and be like, how would you navigate this mindset? Mm. And I have to really think about it because yep. it's so second nature that I'm like, huh, if I was coming at this like five years ago, yep. how would I have figured out, you know, I have to really think about it. And it's honestly the same in many aspects of what I do. And I have to remember, not everyone thinks like that. Like we have done so years and years and years of work and I continue to do deep inner work and like getting even more deep. And so it's sometimes I have to take a step back and then I go, wow, I've come really freaking far in like who I am and how I act and how I like perceive the world around me. And that's a really cool thing. I want to reiterate like a really simple I guess, phrase or mantra or whatever that could help someone listening that goes along with what you were just saying, Erica, which is nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. Literally nothing in this life, in this world, on this earth is permanent. And it's a really beautiful thing. And so what I mean by that is whoever you perceive yourself as is not permanent, whether that's like Erica was saying, I am just stuck in this way. I need to control everything. I need everything to be my way. Or whether it's I'm a sick person, anything that is going on in your mind, that is going on in your life, that is going on in your body is not permanent. Just like, you know, we all go through flare ups, but that's not permanent either. As permanent as it might seem in the moment. One of my mm-hmm. favorite mantras for going through a flare up is I've been through this before and I will get through this again. Mm-hmm. And another point that I wanted to make is not don't wait for something to make you feel better. Like Mm -hmm. don't sit there and say, Oh, well, feel better when no, Yep. figure out a way in your mind to make yourself feel, even if it's like 1% better, you Mm -hmm. can think about things in a different way to make yourself feel a little bit better. And don't wait for, Oh, when this flare up's done, I'm going to like be a different version of myself or, Oh, when I, when my joints aren't feeling stiff, I'll go for a walk. Yeah. 
like yeah. do something. We talked about that on the last episode. Even if it's like taking a sip of water when you realize you haven't drank water all day. No, that's not going to make a huge difference to your body, but it's going to make a big difference to your mind, proving to yourself again, proof that you can do these things and take these steps towards a healthier and happier you. And then on the flip side, trusting the process, like there are going to be times when you just feel totally off and you don't want to do anything and you might not do anything that day, but don't let that completely throw you off track. And again, convince you that this narrative in your mind of the fact that you're a healthy person is just trashed because you had one day where you quote unquote fell off. Like that's Mm -hmm. not fair to yourself. That's giving yourself Mm -hmm. like that's giving yourself doubts on what you're doing rather than lifting yourself up. And it's literally, you are your own best healer and it's up to you. Like, it's not up to all these remedies that you do and all these natural supplements and the way that you eat. It's not up to that stuff. It's Mm -hmm. up to the way that you innately treat yourself. Yep. And so trust the process of what you're doing because Mm -hmm. intuitively you know what's right for your mind. You know what's right for your body. And there's going to be a million different things out there in the autoimmune community and on the internet and that your doctor tells you and all these things that are going to be telling you to do this and not to not do that. And it's going to, it's not going to end ever. It's actually going to get worse in our day and age, right? You're going to hear more and more and more information, but your job is to observe, take note of all these things that you're being told from all these different sources. And then honestly, part, part of it is trial and error of like, okay, well, let me see. It's all of it. That is it. Trial and error for every single person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. So (laughs) finding out, (laughs) finding out what works for you. And then from there, keeping it up, right. Being consistent with it, making sure that you can actually sustain the habits that you want to ingrain in yourself in order to create a healthier and happier lifestyle for yourself. Um, As far as trusting the process, another point that I want to make really quickly is that you will transform as part of this process, as part of this journey. And like we talked about a couple minutes ago, you might not realize it. And so Mm -hmm. you have to trust that the changes are happening. So for instance, like before I was diagnosed, and it's crazy, like we talk about it all the time, but I'm grateful for my diagnosis because I am such an incredibly different and better person for it. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. honestly like, I wasn't like, I've always been high energy. I've always been a positive person, but the way that I was, especially, I just keep thinking back of the relationships in my life. Like I was probably a miserable partner to be around back when mm-hmm. I was with my ex-husband, but like boyfriend at the time. Yeah. I mean, he definitely had like a temper and there was definitely like a lot going on in the relationship. We were constantly bickering. It was just like all this. And honestly, all the stress could not have (laughs) made my symptoms Mm -hmm. any better. Yeah. But I just think back to the way that I acted around him at the beginning of my diagnosis, like, and even the first five years of our relationship where he would say something and I'd fly off the handle, like, like I would match his temperament. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would find things to get mad at just to get mad and like not realize it. Or I would constantly be needing to control everything, but so did he. So that would just Mm -hmm. like elevate, elevate, elevate. Or Mm -hmm. um, not even just in the relationship, but in general, like I would, I would talk shit about people behind their backs and I would, um, you know, be rude to my friends if they did something to upset me. Or Mm -hmm. I would just all of these like different things that I, that I look back and I go, not that I was like walking around like a grouch or a total bitch or anything. Like I have never been that way, but 
there were definitely aspects that I look back now and I'm like, yikes. That oh was yeah. Me. And now, I mean, something that I come back to is, I want to say it was like a year ago. I was telling my mom a story and my sibling was in the car and, um, I was telling my mom a story. My mom said something about, well, were you nice to them? It was like something about, I don't know, at a store or something like customer service related. And my mom was like, well, were you nice to them? And my sibling goes, mom, Rachel's always nice to everyone. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause I never used to be that person. Mm-hmm. I used to be the person that would literally like, let's say I had an issue at the store. I would like roll my eyes at the cashier and be like, Oh my God, why can't you just help me sort of thing where that's the majority of people out there. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that's the way that most people act. Or if something, if someone cut me off, like not necessarily driving, I I guess that's a bad example because I've never really had road rage, but like, for example, if someone like cut me off when I'm driving, like being like, well, F you, you know, like Mm -hmm. upset. And I'm like, now I would never like so silly. Like what, what's the yeah. point of that? It doesn't make you feel any better and it's not going to make the other person feel any better. And half the time they, they're not going to feel any kind of way from it. They're not going to feel bad or anything. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. all of those little changes in who I am and the fact that I am so much more easygoing, I'm so just like go with the flow. I am here to just like empower people and to like flow in my own state and in my own lane and kind of like allow that ripple effect to happen to the other people in my life, even people outside of the autoimmune community, like people in my direct circle, I get it all the time that they like will be out. And they're just like, I just need to be by you right now. Like I need to be next to your energy or people I'll go to like, I'll go to, um, EDM shows. And I literally all the time I'm, you know, I'm just a dancing maniac. And I get people all the time that just are like, I freaking love your energy. And I just need to like dance with you right now. I need mm-hmm. to be next to you. And that is the highest possible compliment I could ever get. And I absolutely love when people are just like, I love your energy because that's something that I've worked really hard for. But at the same time, it's just kind of come right. Mm-hmm. I've worked really hard at all of these other mindset aspects, but as far as the way that my personal energy, like my inner energy has shifted is just as a result of all of this stuff that I've done. It's not like I'm sitting there going, I'm going to be a better person and I'm going to shift my energy and I'm going to have all these people telling me they love my energy. Like that was never a thought in my mind and still isn't. It's just like, I'm just doing these things to make myself feel better inside and out. Uh, Yeah, that made me think about when you said like how you were in relationships and just kind of how you operated in your day-to-day life, like, you know, social interactions with people you didn't know or like things that frustrated you. Like I was definitely a very like on edge person and Mm -hmm. I was always looking for something to validate my own frustration and anger with life. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, whether that would be trying to find like the worst in people, you know, because I was trying to make myself feel better about Mm -hmm. myself, you know, like it's crazy. I think about these things and it sounds so ugly, but at the time it was so normal for myself, even being just like a pessimistic person. Like I used to kind of pride myself in that. Like I literally Mm -hmm. thought that was like a cool thing. Like, oh, I'm like, anti like society and like this and that like all these different types of things and I thought that was like me standing out and like being a different person right and now I look at myself 
Or, or just and also like being, like I said, an anxious person, people, every time I would see people would always be like, I'm so stressed. Oh my God. Stressed was like my number one word in my vocabulary. I would run into people and they'd be like, how are you? Like, what's going on? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. Like I'm working full time. I'm going to school full time. Like giving this whole speech, like I was like, I thought it was like a positive thing to be that way. And now I look at myself now and it's funny how you just said about uh, your sister saying like, oh, Rachel, like, you know, your energy or whatever, mm -hmm. that story that you just said, how it's so different and how you're like a nice person and what you thought, hey, I'm not really that because your whole life you thought you weren't doing these things that were nice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, my friend was telling me, I, she was like, we were talking about one thing to describe us. I think this was on New Year's <clears throat> and she, my friend said, the one thing that I can describe you as is present. Mm. And girl, I thought like, wow. like an out-of-body experience because that's the second time someone's told me that within the last few months. And before my diagnosis, I was the opposite of present. I was in survival mode. I'm mm -hmm. talking not just running away from my own trauma in my life, but also like you know, having to provide myself, having to go to school, having to pay bills, like having to work full time. So in no way would I describe myself as a present person, mm -hmm. right? And the fact that she described me in one word as a present person, that meant more than anything that I've ever heard in my life. Like how mm -hmm. you just felt that way. Like I felt that way because there is no better thing to be present with people and she was like, when you, she's like, when I talk to you, she's like, I really actually feel like you're in it with me. And mm -hmm. she's like, you're not trying to solve my problems. You're not trying to like speak about your own, you know, self in that situation. Like you're literally just listening, mm -hmm. you know? And of course, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to just not say anything at all when I'm having a conversation with someone, mm -hmm. but I allow them that space and I'm genuinely like there. I'm not thinking about what I need to do in five minutes mm -hmm. from now. I'm not thinking about what I said yesterday or what I should have done. Like, I feel like that's the biggest growth that I've had. Yes. That I feel like the most proud about whether... I think back on my whole health journey of like, I've spoken at a university to doctors about a plant-based diet and rheumatoid arthritis. Like I've freaking been on podcasts. I've got my health coach, like all these different things. And even with us, like we have a freaking mm -hmm. podcast. That's a success on its own. But when I really think about what is true success is being present in my life with people, with myself. And I feel like I just value life. I have mm -hmm. gratitude and not mm -hmm. it's on a such a deep level of like, I don't even want to spend my energy thinking about it could have been this way. It should have been this way, which is that's how I used to think. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, everything is exactly how it should be. Yes. Okay? At this moment in my life, there's nothing I can do. Yep. Okay, I can only do so much, right? Especially with this d disease, when you live with it, when you say, well, I've been eating all the right foods. I've been doing all this. I do all that, you know, like even Rachel and I, like she's not feeling good. I'm not feeling good right now. And it's like my, I've, I'm now that person that is not choosing to think about 
all the things that are going wrong, mm-hmm. I now think about all the things that are going right. And one of the biggest things that I feel helped me in the beginning of my health journey is just being grateful, like mm-hmm. grateful that I have a juicer, grateful that I have a comfortable home, grateful that I have a loving husband that supports me, grateful that I have uh, you know, enough money to get myself organic food, work with a naturopathic doctor, any of these things. Mm-hmm. I choose to focus on that because I know that has aided in my whole healing process. And there's plenty of people out there that don't have all those available things at their fingertips. And mm-hmm. so we were also going to talk about how we were like able to keep our routines and stuff. You know, when we first got diagnosed, Rachel was working mm-hmm. full time. And I decided because when I got diagnosed as my first year of graduate school that I was going to, well, actually, I couldn't really work in my program. They really suggested that uh, you don't work. So I didn't work that first year. Anyways, the point is, is that I had that ability to focus on my health, right? Mm-hmm. Like my husband, who wasn't my husband, you know, when I first got diagnosed, we were together for like four years, but he was like, just focus on school and just focus on your health, right? So I had that luxury to have the time to like wake up, make the proper food, do all my routines to get me to feel good so I could go to class and like be able to like study and like have the energy to do all that stuff. But not everyone had that opportunity. And one of the biggest things I'm grateful for is that I had so much time to invest in myself within the first three years of my diagnosis that I could drastically reinvent myself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is going to have that amount of time. But like Rachel and I said, if you want something so bad, it doesn't matter if you're working full time and going to school full time or Mm -hmm. have kids or whatever that situation is. If you want to better yourself, you will find the time and the ways to better yourself. Mm -hmm. So when I was first diagnosed, I was working full time in a hospital and it was in a a three month assignment um, at the time because I was working as a travel occupational therapist. And I had to stop the assignment early because I couldn't work anymore. I literally couldn't stand. So I definitely couldn't lift patients out of bed Mm -hmm. and like do all the things that I was doing with patients. And it was it was really hard at first because I was kind of like, who am I? What is my identity? Whatever. And then, so fast forward after I was diagnosed, I started working at orange theory fitness at the front desk. And I was very part-time because I still like, couldn't do a whole lot physically. And I just wanted something to dive more into the wellness and fitness world. Cause I realized again, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, I realized that that was something that was really important to me. And I wanted to dive more into it. Well, I only worked there for a couple months and then I got a job that I had applied for as an occupational therapist in a pediatric clinic, like working with kids. And that's something that I had always wanted to do. And so again, I kind of did that soul searching and I knew I didn't want to be an OT forever, but I also knew that I really wanted to work with kids and I had never had the opportunity before. And I worked um, in schools when I very first moved to LA before I was in a hospital, way before I was diagnosed. And I knew like that just kind of solidified, like I want to work with kids for at least a little bit before I kind of like give up on OT. And so, yeah, I, in June, June or July of 17. So like about five months after I was diagnosed, that's when I started working full time and I had no choice, but to do like my routines first thing in the morning before I went to, um, work for the day. And 
it was definitely a lot and it was a lot of commitment and I wasn't doing quite as much as I do now for my health because I didn't really know where to start. I was just kind of like doing things here and there. Um, try again, trial and error seeing like, Oh, does it work to do this in the morning? Does it work to do this in the evening? Like, when do I want to meditate? When do I want to journal and just kind of figuring it out? But it's not like I always have the luxury of just doing things whenever I want. And then fast forward again, I did that for three years. First of all, like I was in it full time working for three years and I still was doing these routines every single day. Cause I knew it made me feel good. And then fast forward, I moved to Portland and I quit my day job and I was a full-time health coach. And that was for almost a year that I was just working from home. And wow, like that completely opened up where I was like, I can do my routines and take my time with it. And honestly, that was something I journaled about and tried to manifest for years. I was like, one day I will be able to have my morning routine at the pace that I want to and not have to rush through it because there's something to be said for when you have to rush through it. But oh, yeah. Yeah. at the time when I was working full-time, it's better to rush through it and actually do it than to not do it whatsoever. But then, yeah, having that feeling of that freedom of like, wow, I can really like, really take my time. And honestly, when I first moved to Portland, I was feeling really, really good because I had all the time I needed to do all of the things. And I was doing, basically I was doing nothing except for the things that brought me joy, like Mm -hmm. creating content and working with clients and taking my time with routines. And it was really, really beautiful. And then fast forward one more time to now I'm working at Orange Theory, um, what they consider almost full-time, which is like 12 classes a week. And then also having like my private clients and having our podcast and I'm doing way more than I did in the past year. However, I'm finding so much more fulfillment and joy out of it now. And so now I'm kind of back to square one in a certain aspect, to be completely honest. And I want to share that with you guys, because the point is that it's going to ebb and flow. There's going to be times when you feel really freaking on top of it and you feel really freaking good. And there's going to be times when you have to kind of course correct and adjust. And I'm in that season of my life right now where I have to course correct and adjust because there are some days when I like, there might be like one day every couple of weeks where I don't drink celery juice because I just don't have the energy to do it. And I knew that I should have juiced it in advance a couple of days before. And I just didn't, you know, like there are times like that where I'm just like, Oh, like, but I'm like, you know what? The extra few minutes of me being able to like, I don't know, journal a little bit more or get extra sleep. Like it's worth it. So there are times where you have to give and take. It's not perfect. And it's not going to look perfect ever, but just trust the process. Like trust that anytime that you are doing what you know makes you feel good, you're still benefiting yourself. Even if you have to, maybe there are times that you have to half-ass it a little bit. Yeah, It's okay. It's all okay. Just know that your intention is there. Like we talk about all the time, your intention is there. Your awareness is there of what you're trying to do with that. Um, one other point that I wanted to make that kind of backtracks to when you were talking about um, how you are as a person now versus then Uh, when I was talking about how I was as a person, now I look back and I'm like, God, that sounds so nasty. Like, it just doesn't sound like I was a good person, Mm -hmm. but that's because my perception has changed of what a quote unquote good person is. Cause if I were like back then I wasn't like a mean person. I, I was still like a helpful, you know, I helped people out when I could. And I wasn't like constantly just talking shit and like walking around with a scowl on my face. Like anyone who knows me (laughs) knows that I don't know if that's possible for me, but now I look back and my perception of myself has changed. My perception of how I am now is very different and my identity and my personality. And it's crazy because you realize that the majority of people out there are like 
walking around with a scowl on their face and talking shit about people and, you know, saying how much they hate their body and stuff like that. And that's normal. That's like what we're conditioned to see as normal. And then when you're on the other side of it, you're like, wait a second, that was miserable. I hated that. Like, mm-hmm. I love where I'm at now. And it's a really cool thing. Like I say being on the other side, but being on the other side, meaning it's almost like you're looking at at it from the outside, but you're still continuing to grow, even though you're on the other side. And that's a really big point is like, it's not that you just, Erica and I just like, you know, listen to podcasts, did meditations, maybe journal, did all these things. And now we're like mindset cured. No, we're continuing to now do even deeper work. Like Erica did Dr. Joe Dispenza's course. I'm constantly doing like really deep inner work with like energy healing and stuff and therapy and all these things. And it's a continual process of growth and change and just flowing in whatever new state of you, you can find constantly searching for that better version of yourself, but not necessarily searching hard to where you're like, I'm going to be this good person. Just Mm -hmm. allow it to happen with the process. Yeah. I want to go back to what you were talking about, how you know, before when you got diagnosed, like you were super busy and then you moved to Portland and then you had a lot more time to do your routines and now Mm -hmm. you're back to like in this busy, you know, state. I was thinking about that for myself now because like I said, before my diagnosis, I was considered myself a stressful person. I prided myself in stress. I thought I was successful by how busy I was, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, by the titles. That's why I went into graduate school because I was like, I want to be able to have like a graduate degree. Like a lot of my reason for doing some of these things, even though like I really did want to be a therapist because I really did want to help people. um, You know, there was the ego involved of that, of the title and the degree. And look at me, you know, I'm the first in my family to go to college and get a graduate degree. But now I look at myself and even with the busyness of our podcast and my clients and social media because this is how I know that I've changed drastically and that I'm no longer the same person that I actually don't like feeling busy. Like I don't like feeling like I always have something to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how I know I've drastically changed. <laughs> I am like, I am so intentional about the amount of clients that I want to work with because I know that first and foremost, I have to reserve my energy for myself. Secondly, I have to reserve that energy for my clients because they're definitely like, you know, I'm in it with them, right, in the Mm -hmm. sessions. And then three, investing my energy into this podcast, which is why recently I've taken a break from social media because I realized I was extending all my energy and I talk a lot about like preserving your energy and like taking care of your mind and body and soul. And I realized that social media was one aspect of my life that I could really cut out or reduce significantly. So that way I had more energy for myself Mm -hmm. and that I didn't feel so busy and that I didn't feel like I have to constantly put out content or attract clients. And I feel because I'm more present in my life and more peaceful and more calm and I actually am those things and I can confidently Mm -hmm. say that, I feel that I'm actually attracting more into my life versus when I feel like I'm trying to do much, too much, right? And to Mm -hmm. like put too much out into the world. It's like, actually, when you do less, you receive more. Yes, so true. uh, 
Rachel and I did a call with um, one of my friends, shout out Rena from uh, Psoriasis Thoughts on Instagram. But we did like a little call with her because she's someone that might be doing a workshop at a retreat. Uh, stay tuned for more information. But anyways, uh, she was also doing like a social media break. And it's because we, Rachel and I, put a lot out there. We put our heart and soul out there mm-hmm. all the time, right? But like I have to really, really protect myself and be conscious of how I spend my time and if that means cutting things out that, yeah, like I love being on social media. I like having a presence there. I like helping people. I like answering direct messages, but is it necessarily like the most efficient way to spend my time? No. And asking myself, am I doing this out of enthusiasm or is it causing me stress? Mm-hmm. Right? And so my old self operated from a level of stress, but my new self off operates from a level of enthusiasm and joy. If I don't feel those things aligning with me, I'm very quick to catch it and nip it in the bud before it becomes a problem for me. I know my heart. I know my intention. I know the goodness that's inside of me that I have to offer the world. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the titles of things or how busy I appeared to people or whatever. Like at the end of the day, I have to sit with myself and feel good about how I've spent my time and energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great example of just how much your perception of yourself and your awareness can shift as a result of doing all of this like deep healing inner work and realizing that connection between your mind, your body, your soul. And you guys hear us talk about this like a broken record, but we talk about it in so many different aspects to help you to understand just how much this journey that you're on will affect every aspect of your life. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It might affect relationships in your life. It might push people away. It might bring new people in. It might affect your perception of yourself. It might affect the way that you approach different areas of your life, such as Erica talking about professional growth. She's approaching those things in different ways. It might result in you spending more time doing things that bring you joy and spending less time in things that you thought brought you joy and maybe don't anymore. And it's okay More than anything, I want you to take away from this, the fact that nothing is permanent. Things are meant to flow. Things are meant to change. That is the only constant in this human life is the fact that things change always, constantly. And the the faster you wrap your mind around that, the faster that rapid growth will happen. And the more you're opening yourself up to such beautiful alignment with where exactly you're meant to be in this life. Yeah. And fundamentally, you have to step into the unknown, right? If, mm-hmm. if you are staying, I tell my clients, if you feel comfortable in the things that you're doing in your life, you're not doing it right mm-hmm. because change is uncomfortable. If you want to be this healthier, happier, calmer, peaceful, whatever that is for you right now, if you think about yourself and what you want to change within yourself, in order to change that, it's going to get uncomfortable. You're going to feel awkward. You're going to feel embarrassed. You're going to feel all the things. I certainly had to put myself through that whole process of, you know, with diet change and, you know, cutting out friendships and all these things. It was a challenge. It wasn't easy, guys. So if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. No, a thousand percent. And like, you have to be willing to put yourself into the unpredictable and into the unknown because that's where change really happens. And if I would have stayed the same person throughout this whole thing and just maybe changed my diet, 
I wouldn't be sitting here as a health coach mm-hmm. helping people. I wouldn't be sitting no here with as you know as a podcast host doing this. I wouldn't have met Rachel. We wouldn't have done any of these things if we didn't make the deeper like connection to this health journey and fully understand like who am I trying to unbecome? A lot of people think about when they're on their health journey like who do I want to become, right? No, most of the time it's who do you need to unbecome? Mm-hmm. And for me, that was unbecoming my, you know, identification with stress, my identification with my trauma, identification with my upbringing and to unbecome that and to mm-hmm. step into this person that I was that was there already. The thing is people don't think about this like when you say, "Well, I want to become a calm person. I want to be this." Like we say it as if we're stepping into that person, but actually we're stepping back into what we already are. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing to remember. Right now, whatever you are struggling with, whether that's people pleasing, whether that's perfectionism, whether that's control, the essence of you is already the opposite of that. The essence yeah. of you already has presence. Presence mm-hmm. is already there. You don't have to find it. It's there already within you. So mm-hmm. I think little simple like perspective changes really have gotten me very far and I know it's gotten Rachel very far and mm-hmm. every single person that we've worked with when these things click in their head mm-hmm. that's when things really really start to progress and they start to step into this new version of themselves that they didn't even necessarily have to put a lot of effort in is just being self-aware you literally just hit the nail on the head of exactly why i call my 12-week program connect within because it's all about finding that light within you and connecting back to what makes you you who are you outside of your diagnosis who do you want to be and then making like connecting all the dots within yourself whether it's mind body soul all of it like your characteristics your emotional health your physical health your mental health all of it Yep. You have to kind of like, literally, it's like a dot to dot picture. You're constantly during your journey, you're going through and you're just kind of connecting the dots. And honestly, new dots keep popping up and you have to keep connecting them. <laughs> yep. I mean, I think this is hopefully useful for you guys to see that it is a lot of work and it's not an overnight transformation. And I just lastly want to go back to something you were talking about of like, there's no constant except change, right? Uh, the thing is when you're on this health journey, like you have to treat this like an experiment, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're exper- we're all experimenting on ourselves, right? So like what we've said this over and over, what's worked for me exactly, or my path or my growth or my evolution Mm -hmm. is not going to at all probably look like yours. There may be similarities where you hear Mm -hmm. what Rachel says or what I say and you go, wow, like, well, that's really similar to me. But the way you progress and the way you transform and the way you evolve, you know, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all the things physically as well, it's going to look different and it's going to be exactly what you need in your own timing. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing to remember is that we have to stay focused on our own journey and our own path and know that it will play out exactly as it should be as long as we're aligning everything we do in our life with that picture of who we want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautifully said. Um, we had, when we first started talking before we started recording, we had like all these other things that we were going to say, and there's no way now because it's already run too yeah. long. So we're going to end it here, but 
Um, next episode, I would love to give a little bit of an update, like a health update of what I have been dealing with. I know some of you have seen it on social media. Um, and then also just some other life update type things that we'll be talking about as well as updates because our, um, next retreat call will be done by then. So we'll talk Mm -hmm. a little bit more about our retreat on the next episode. So lots and lots of exciting things happening in this new year, as well as, like we said, stay tuned for guests coming on soon. Erica has a really exciting guest. (laughs) I'm I'm really looking forward to this year. And um, like, again, every time we have these conversations, it's just a reminder for me because I woke up not feeling good. I didn't sleep well. I was achy. And both Rachel and I are like, if you could see us, both of our eyelids are popping. <laughs> we, look, we look really tired and I can definitely like hear it in my voice and like hear it in my energy. And some days I'm just like, I don't know if I'm making any sense at all. Like, That's like I'm when talking. we edit podcast episodes, we go back and we listen. We're like, wow, that was a low energy day. I mean, you can hear the fluctuations in our voice and our tone and the way that we speak from episode to episode. Yeah, And we still continue to put out content for you because it's more than just content, right? It's yeah. you getting a little glimpse into what we deal with and hopefully you can resonate with it and mm-hmm. also like get some sort of information or insight into yeah. things that might help you. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to be like, oh, I'm not like, we're not feeling great today. We're just not going to record, you know, obviously yeah. if we're like yeah. super sick or something, we're not, but yeah more than anything, it's just being authentic and showing you that like, you can do this too. We're not here to be like, Oh, this is what I do. Like, look up to me. No, use us as like Erica was saying at the beginning, use us as your success story to keep you going. A thousand percent. (laughs) I haven't said that in a while. All (laughs) right, guys, we'll uh, talk to you guys on the next episode. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to our autoimmune and you podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share on social media. We really appreciate every bit of support. Sharing is caring. Every like, subscribe, and share that we get helps us get our message out to more people.